0: Um, why don't you put your hands together? Welcome, Andrew. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then show us what
1: you do. Thank you, mate. Good on you. Wow. So good to be back in Batemans Bay. And I had the privilege of meeting Garen and some of the team early this year, Maruya, uh, as they're getting ready for the conference in a few weeks' time. Uh, last time I was in Batemans Bay, I went for a swim with the tea bags, 6 a.m.? And... Uh, Uh, One of the guys asked me to go, you know, and it was a real treat. Really good. Anyone anyone go for those teabag swims? No, Come on. (laughs) So uh, it's a privilege to be here. I've uh, bought a few instruments. The Lord's allowed me to learn a whole stack of instruments over the last few years. And uh, each time I find another instrument, it's another opportunity to worship Him in a slightly different way. Uh, Is there any Irish in the house? Any Irish descendants? There we go, we've got one, two. I've got uh, some low Irish whistles, these uh, metal whistles here, and I heard a guy playing them in uh, western Queensland, and I said, mate, where do I get one of those from? So he pointed me to the right direction, and uh, I've enjoyed learning this one. And it's the pants of your fingers that cover the holes. It's a little bit odd, but. <laughs> The ones are called the Native American flute. And uh, I heard a guy playing play them in Colorado in the shopping mall. And I said, uh, what is that? You know, I walked from one end of the shopping center to the other end to just uh, experience it. And I just stood there weeping as he was playing this instrument. And uh, when he finished, I said, uh, where can I get one from? He said, well, I sell them. And I said, how will I learn to play? So I give lessons. And found wow. that he plays at the local Assembly of God church in Denver, Colorado. has its own uniqueness. like um, doing Ks in the back of your throat. Everyone try that with me, come on. Yeah, so you just do that into the flute and you've got a bear. And you've got the wolf. And vibrato, those that sing know that vibrato comes from the diaphragm, but when you play the Native American flute, vibrato is actually, again, it's, it's like a closed K in the back of the throat. So you're going, try that and you close your lips and and soften your cheeks and do it this way. You look really funny when you do that. But the sound effect is quite cool. is called the PVC pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually called shakuhuchi. Everyone say shakuhuchi. shakuhuchi. It's like we're going to speak in tongues. Can you tell me what country that might be from? Japan. So it's the Japanese flute. Traditionally it's made of bamboo but uh, I couldn't afford the thousand so dollar I made it out of PVC from Bunnings. Uh, this is this is the hardest instrument I've tried to learn yet. Of the 23, this is the most difficult. You think it's just a hollow PVC pipe. It can't be too that difficult. I've got a special treat for any of the children that can play this with... One more time. So close. All right. So we get some more opportunity after the service for the kids to try it out. We'll wipe them down so they're nice and clean for them to play. <laughs> My favourite instrument is the <clears throat> is the ability to trip over the cables. Um, yeah, the harp. Uh, it's I'm I'm just blown away. Like we get to play this on Earth, you know. Like um, so, this is an acoustic harp. You can you can hear it from there, and uh, so we've added some electronics into it to bring it into a modern-day application, so you can actually hear it uh, when it's played in church with the band, as well. And uh, let me just plug. It works when you plug it in. Hello. right The good thing about the harp is that the way it's tuned there's no wrong notes. So I can play three fingers in either hand, six six fingers, they all sound good. Without even looking at it. Shh, don't tell anyone that secret. Anyone can play the harp. And so The the fun part of the journey has been learning to uh, put some electronics and modern application with it. So here's a delay pedal which repeats the notes. Makes it sound like you're playing more. Yeah. And here's another one called Big Sky. Like it takes... A heavenly instrument and puts it really in the heavens, yeah. Looking forward to showing King David in heaven this one. right? <laughs> and then, then we can record it. it. It records like four bars and then plays it back to you and you put another layer on top of that. It's called a looper. Everyone say looper. Who is like you Lord in all the earth matchless love and beauty endless worth. nothing in this world will satisfy Jesus you're the cup that won't run dry your presence is heaven to me your presence is heaven to me Come on, why don't you sing that with me Your I of mean, these praises is like your presence is heaven to me, love your presence, Your presence is heaven to me. Your presence is heaven to me. Presence, his presence. Thank you, kids. See you at the end of the service. Bring a greeting from my wife, Desma. We've just uh, just this. Um, well, actually, no. Next month we're celebrating thirty-four years. Wonderful marriage, and uh, she's just doing really well. We've been uh, doing up this old house on the Central Coast, and last year I was actually away for our anniversary. We'll be home this year. Um, Arranged with one of the pastors to pick up some rocking chairs and put them on the front veranda on on an anniversary date, and here they are. With when you're over fifty, you're allowed to have rocking chairs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we have five children, six grandchildren, two dogs and uh, the family keeps growing we've still got another three children to marry off and it's um, thank god for family god's really into families and don't take your family for granted And our kids are all around the world melody with the blonde hair in the middle in the front and her husband dave are in um, bali and with three of the grandkids there and uh, jordan with the beard and his wife paula live in norway uh, brie in the back on the left is uh, a lecturer at Hillsong College in Sydney. And then Ashley and Stephen, our redheads, we adopted them when they were 11 and 9 years of age into our family uh, in Sydney as well. So thank God for family. Little Andy on the left, she's named after me, uh, of course. And uh, Levi on the right, he's a little bit older now. Um, but uh, his dad speaks Australian English, my son Jordan, and then. Paula is Polish. Her family is from Poland but live in Norway. So Levi doesn't quite know what to speak. Uh, but he does. He's figured that out. The kids at church speak Norwegian. Uh, his grandparents on that side speak Polish, and his dad speaks English. So here's Levi. If we've got audio coming from my laptop there still, here's Levi learning to preach. You might just want to bring it up there a little bit. Uh,
2: You
1: You got that bit. You got the English bit on the end, right? He just just goes on. (laughs) Come on, Levi, that's enough. Um, Someone was trying to pay me a compliment. They said, your grandson, I enjoyed you. He's preaching more than yours. Thank you very much uh um it's been a, it's been an amazing journey but there's some valleys you go through right uh about 13 years ago desma was diagnosed with clinical depression and uh we didn't really know what that meant uh like what does that mean you know and uh the doctor prescribed her some antidepressants she said i'm not going to take them and and then things got worse, and six months later, he said, have you started taking those tablets? No, 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 we don't, we don't think we need to take those. He said, you need to take those. Uh, difficult times, you know, to have uh, your wife curled up in the corner in a dark room, crying, weeping, wanting to take her life. When a, when a husband loves her and five children and grandchildren love her dearly. Um, and for 10 years, she was on antidepressants. And then three years ago, we met... A holistic integrative doctor on the central coast which was able to help her a great man of god and uh, just put on the right path nutritionally and I want to say she you look at her now her skin her hair her her eyes her nails that she's I'm married to a new woman it's like something has happened Uh, she has come alive there's there's a difference in her persona and I want to say there's hope there is hope uh, I've done quite a bit of research on it. And this is not, I'm not going to even share on this this morning, uh, but I've got a, a resource <clears throat> down the back. Um, there, there are 10 proven ways to overcome depression. And uh, there was 55,000 people surveyed in a questionnaire asking them questions like, do you suffer mood swings? 63% said yes. Um, do you suffer from de- depression? 48% said yes. Do you realize that half of our society in Australia suffer from depression? And that's not fair. I don't know how that makes you feel. It makes me upset. After living through that experience with Desma and then seeing her come out the other side of it, I, I get upset. So I've done quite a, number, quite a bit of research and found there are ways to overcome depression and uh, we've got a resource there at the table with some set of notes with recommendations. If you know someone in your family or or you suffer with that yourself, it's not your fault. It's circumstances and body and health and spiritual. It can be a whole swag of things put together. Um, but I want to see people set free and I want to see the church with the answers. We should be the ones that have the answers for the rest of the world. Say, hey, this is what you can do. Um, so these are not just good ideas; these are proven ways. And I'd say of the ten that we uh, teach on, Desmond does seven or eight of those things. And uh, but you know, some people you know might be able to just change one of those things. So <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. This morning I want to speak about godly conversations. And. I'm Just waiting for this to load so I can see it no. i might uh I might need some help down the list on that playlist there's a um there we go. got it. it's finally connected. Computers are great when they work, aren't they? <clears throat> Proverbs. Chapter 25, verse 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. It's a good word. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Godly conversations. So I'm going to move quickly through this, but just be reminded of what the Word of God says today. Number one, conversations that build up. You can have conversations today that pull down or conversations that build up. It's your choice. We will have Conversations today. This is speaking to all of us, right? Make a choice right at that moment, whether it's going to be a conversation that builds someone up or tears them down. Ephesians four twenty nine says it really clearly: Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Can I say that godly conversations, conversations that are pleasing to God, is actually more about the hearer than the speaker? We make conversations, oftentimes, more about what we need to say. I need to get this off my chest. I need to express this to you. But is that good for the hearer? Listen to another translation. The NIV says it this way. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, everyone say only, only what is helpful for building others up according to what? Their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Come on. I believe the Spirit of God is challenging us as the body of Christ to lift our conversation. Let's take it to another level that really is not just about us, but about the people who are hearing. Number two, conversations that produce life. You know, the Bible clearly says life and death is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18 is that reference. Proverbs 18, 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips shall he be filled. Then the very next verse says... Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Then the very next verse says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. (laughs) Like, figure out. I'm trying to figure out the context with this. He, He finds a wife, finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. One minute he's talking about what you're eating, and you know there's a saying, we are what we eat. Well, the Bible also says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you're feeding your heart on, what you're feeding your soul on, will eventually come out of your mouth. True? Yeah? So then, then it says, then you choose whether death or life will come out of your mouth. There's the power of the tongue. And then he who finds a wife. So it's talking about relationships. So can I encourage you today, you can speak a word of life to your relationships or a word of death. We can take responsibility for ourselves, we can humble ourselves, we can apologize, we can bring life into relationships. Let me encourage all the men, speak a word of life over your family today. Speak words of life to your spouse. I I try and make it a habit to at least twice a day intentionally, I've even put reminders into my phone, into my calendar in my phone, twice a day to encourage Desma. Wherever I am, If I'm away from the house or or away from her, I'll send her an encouraging text or I'll call her and speak a word of life to her. I want to tell you the difference that makes to your marriage, that, that culture of appreciation. Hey, honey, I just want to say this is what I appreciate about you. And I found after about five days, I was running out of things. I had to go back to the beginning of my mental list. Like, okay, you start to really think about what you love about a person. It changes your life. Number three. Oh, no, not number three yet. James 3, verse 9. With the tongue, we praise our Lord. I just enjoyed the worship this morning. Thank you. Like, you guys are great. That was fantastic. I've been smiling ever since I heard them started play early this morning. And in through the worship service, like, that is amazing. I just love it. I love it. With With our tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who be made in His likeness. Out of the same mouth... Come praise and cursing? My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water come from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. It's one or the other. It's life or death. Let's be people who bring life to Bateman's Bay. Let life flow. If you need some life, get up at six and join the teabags. They, they have a great time. Like, I was impressed to see all these wonderful people, and they've got little plaques. If you go down there and look at the little picnic area on the um, tables, there, they've got little plaques. Every time a, a teabag dies, they put a little silver plaque up on the, on the thing. And um, they just honor each other. They, they're enjoying life. Number three, every word counts. Not just sentences, not just phrases, not just entire conversations, but every word. Every word that comes out of our mouth. Matthew 12, 37 says this. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Wow. The message translation puts it like this. It's a little bit harsh, but look. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose that what you say is worth anything when, it comes, when you're so foul-minded. Look at this. It's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. It's your heart out of the abundance of the heart. What are you feeling your heart and your spirit with? That's going to come out of your mouth. It'll affect the tone of what, how it comes out of your mouth. Look at this. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. See, deeds and words. That's the produce of your life. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back and haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation or words can be your damnation. Wow. Number four, truthful conversations. That's a good thought. Why don't we as believers, our default point, our default place in life is to always speak the truth. The first thing that comes out of our mouth is the truth. Ephesians 4, it's very quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. Ephesians 4, I'm just reminding you of the Word of God. You know what it says, but I'm just reminding you today. Ephesians 4, 25, Therefore each of you, not just some of you, each of you must put a falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. You know, if, if you're late for a meeting and, and, uh, or a rehearsal or something, and instead of blaming the traffic lights in Batemans Bay, come on. <laughs> just take responsibility. Say, I was disorganized. I didn't leave early enough. I'll try not to let it happen again. Be truthful. Be truthful with your neighbor. We, we make up stupid little lies thinking that it covers our butt. It doesn't. Colossians 3, verse 8 says, now, But now you must rid yourselves of all these things, anger, rage. Did you know that when you get angry, they've done studies on the brain, you lose 25% of your IQ when you get angry. The blood leaves your brain and goes to your major muscles, so you're ready to, for action whenever you get angry, especially men. So if the average IQ is, is 100 in Australia, 97 to 100, it's probably higher in Batemans Bay, but the average, the average IQ is 97 to 100. If we lose 25%, we're down to around 75. Well, 70 is the beginning of mental retardation. We are 5 points, 5% from acting and speaking in a mentally retarded way when we get angry. Now, the Bible says, be angry but sin not. Like, be, be slow to be angry. Like, it's very clear, isn't it? Yeah? He said, you must rid yourself of these things. Anger, rage, which is out of control, anger, malice, slander. Come on, let's not be believers who let any slander come out of our mouth. Just stop it. Just let a word of life come from you and filthy language from your lips. I get a question. When did it become okay for Christians to swear? I travel all over this country, all around the world, almost constantly, and I hear Christians all over the place swearing. Why do we choose four or five gutter words when there is 1,025,808.8 words in the English language? One million twenty-five thousand. words in the English language and we choose to use four or five four letter words. Come on. Let's lift our language. Are you in this house today? Let the Spirit of God, don't don't turn around and rebuke each other like, oh you swore you're going to hell. Just encourage each other to lift out, let's lift our language. We can do it. And, And you know, if you start accusing people you're just as bad as what they are. Then it says, look at this, the very next verse, do not lie to each other since you've taken off your old self with its practices. Matthew five thirty-seven says, all you need to simply say is yes or no. Anything beyond that comes from the evil one. That's like, wow, that's convicting. People who tell white lies soon become colorblind. Number five, speak God's word. Like if you don't know what to say, Let the Word of God come out of you. And I want to caution you with this. Don't use God's Word against another brother or sister. Use it in your life. The Word of God is like a two-edged sword. I was in a a city of this country recently and two pastors of quite significant and large churches in the city were having a war. And I love and know them both. I, was, I arrived by plane, flew in, and then one pastor is ringing another pastor, and there's texts and phone calls going back and forth. And, and finally, one of the pastors said to the other pastor via text, I've got a word from God for you. By their fruits, you will know them. I'm going, yeah, by your fruit, we know you too. You see, don't use God's word against people. Use it in your life. Are you with me? Let his word come out of your mouth in relationship to your life. 1 Peter 4, 11 says this, If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Exodus 4, 12, it says, Now go, I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Come on, we have the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who reminds us, who brings all things to our memory. He will teach us what to say. You are God's voice in this district. God needs that life coming out of you. He's just waiting for His life to come through you and it comes through your mouth. We, uh, we bought a place... On the central coast in the suburb called The Entrance. And when we stood there, people were like, Why would you live in the entrance? Well, we wanna make a difference. I'm gonna speak a word of life. Yes, there's homeless people in the entrance, but you know what? We're finding homes for them. I wanna, we've painted our house. It was the shabbiest house in the street. Well, yeah, it was. It's not anymore. Like, we're there to make improvements. We're there to be a light in the city and speak a word of life. Number six, crucial conversations. This is where I really want to get to, and if we get a chance here, just go a little bit deeper. You asked the question, what's a crucial conversation? Thank you for asking that this morning. We we want to have godly, crucial conversations. It's It's a casual interaction that we have daily that can turn crucial at any moment. You know what I'm talking about. It's a conversation where opinions vary. Anyone had one of those? Yeah, an argument. No? <laughs> Some of you had one this morning. A conversation where the stakes are high. You know what I'm talking about. It's a conversation where emotions run high. You ever had one or two of those? Yes? Anybody's who's lived a while has had many of them? Uh, it's a conversation where the outcome is so important that it affects the quality of your life. We're talking about crucial conversations. And sadly, when it matters the most, we seem to be at our worst when it comes to crucial conversations. And here's why. When a conversation turns from casual, just a casual interaction, to crucial, high emotions, high stakes, controversial, we're usually not ready to handle it. There's a verse here that I don't, you know... It's one I would like to leave out, but it's in the Bible, Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell the rest of the church. No, it's not what it says. If your brother or sister sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Not in front of all the other group. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. The next verse gets even more difficult, but if he does not listen take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses in other words get a counselor get some to pray get someone involved to help work out the situation relationships are worth working out come on they're too valuable i look when i came across this teaching last year i just spent the rest of the year repenting saying god forgive me for not doing crucial conversations well why have we not handled these the way that even your word says in a better way? Then it says, if you refuse to listen to them, tell it to the whole church. I don't know one person in the world that wants to do this. Tell it to the whole church. If you refuse to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile, as a tax collector. Here's what scientists say. Your brain, so we talked about it before about when you get angry, the blood leaves your brain. When you enter a crucial conversation or it takes you by surprise, your brain gets flooded with adrenaline. Now, guys more than girls. The males have a, a more difficulty with this. It takes you by surprise. The outcome is not usually very good because your brain is drunk on adrenaline while you've lost the blood from your brain. I want to talk to the Father about this when we get to eternity. Say, Lord, this was interesting that we had to deal with this on earth. But you know what? He's given us something called the fruit of the Spirit. He's given us the joy of the Holy Ghost. He's given us peace. He's given us His Word. He's given us His character to live in us, Yeah. So a crucial conversation is the ability to talk openly. Everyone say openly. Safely. Everyone say safely. And honestly, say that. Honestly. About high-stakes emotional and controversial issues. The heart of almost all chronic problems in our relationships, in our church, in our team, and our organization, is the ability or the inability to hold crucial conversations involving politically controversial Risky opinions without, look at this, look at this, without becoming defensive or angry. Is anyone in the house today? By the grace of God, we will do crucial conversations better without becoming defensive, without becoming angry. James chapter 119, like this is the answer right here. For everyone, not just some, everyone should be quick to listen. Come on, just click your fingers with me quick say it quick to listen you know what we are we are slow to listen we let a loved one or, or a spouse or someone close to us get half of a sentence out of their mouth and we cut them off thinking we know gonna the, we know everything they're gonna say and finish the sentence for them and they say, no that's not what i was gonna say come on quick to listen Slow to speak. Come on, do this with me. This is called kinesthetics. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Come on, do it with me. Slow to become angry. Quick to listen. God, help us live this one verse, especially when it comes to crucial conversations, conversations that are high stakes, high emotion and controversial. A crucial conversation is knowing how to stand up to your boss without committing career suicide. The question is, how many crucial conversations are you currently avoiding or having badly? It's all about the pool of meeting. When I started to understand this, it really helped me. Come and help me, Pastor Garen. Stand here with me. Now, we've had some conversations. As I've known you, met you in March, early this year, and then conversed on the phone, had some emails, and, and uh, when two guys are chatting, we, we tend to stand a bit more side by side, or at 45 degrees, we don't stand and converse like this, yeah, yeah. you know, it just feels a bit awkward, doesn't it, you know? Uh, um, but it's about this pool, so in front of us there's a pool, and it's called the Pool of Meaning. And you put a bit into the pool, put something in the pool there, just pretend, yeah, just you're going to put some words in there. I'm hogging the conversation right now, but, and then I put some words in, and in a normal conversation, that's how the pool works, right? What happens when you hit a crucial conversation where the emotions start to get high, and it's controversial, it's risky, and it's, it's, uh, it's, the outcome is now really important. What happens is we either go two ways, we become silent or violent, now, um, most of us are going to be one or the other, right? Like, that's just, just the way we are. So w- the silent one uh, starts to withdraw from the pool because often you just pretend you're the violet, I don't know which one you are, but just pretend you're the violet one. Are you, are you actually the violet one? No. No? Okay. So so if a crucial if a crucial conversation, you know, just just pretend. All right. You're a good actor. You're a good actor. You can act for, You start to force, he starts to force meaning the pool now. So his words aren't just falling the pool, he starts to force them in. And what happens is the silent ones pull out from the pool and walk away from the pool. Yeah? Big round of applause. It was pretty powerful. <laughs> Acting right there. You know, you could you could, you know, go to Hollywood, get a job, get a yeah. It's it's actually about keeping the pool of meaning safe. When you're safe, you can say anything. Christians, we can have godly crucial conversations. Now, I got to be I got to be vulnerable with you. I'm one of the silent ones. I thought I thought because we just quoted James 1:19, right? slow to speak. I thought if I didn't speak, I can't say anything wrong, it's not going to hurt. But I discovered being a silent one is just as abusive as being a violent one when it comes to a crucial conversation. I found that for 33 years, I've abused my wife when it comes to crucial conversations by being silent. I apologize to her. In fact, I, I started to implement this teaching into my life, and and several months through last year, she's like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" I, I said to her, I'm, "This is what I'm doing: staying in the conversation." Silent ones love to withdraw from the conversation, thinking that's holy. How many here are, are willing to be that vulnerable and say with me, "You're the silent type"? Like when it comes to a crucial conversation, you'd you'd go that way, yeah? Well, Okay, so do the kinesthetic with me. Stay in the conversation. And again, come on. Say it. Stay in the conversation. I know the violet ones want you to hit your face a bit harder, so once more. <laughs> stay in the conversation. If you will just stay in the conversation, you can work it out. You, you know what, silent ones? The, 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 Pastor Garen, he was aggressive. He was, he was violent. is a bit of an overstated word, but we'll just aggressive. It rhymes. Silent, violent, right? So being violent, uh, you can bring safety to that person who's actually being violent and keep the conversation going. Come on, silent ones. You can actually keep saying something to actually sort out that crucial conversation. So i got something for the silent ones here. Uh, this is a little bit exposing, but here we are. This is what we do. We purposefully withhold meaning from the pool of dialogue as a, as a means of avoiding potential problems. If I just keep my meaning out of it, the problem can't get worse. No, it doesn't solve the problem. That's not God's way. God's way is to stay in the conversation. It's masking. It's selectively understating. Like, no, honey, I don't always do that. I don't always leave my toenails on the floor after I've cut them. I usually pick them up. Hey, ladies, ladies, if, if your husband leaves his toenails on the floor, pick them up, put them into his clean undies, fold <laughs> them, put them into the drawer. Next time he puts on those undies, he'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> Teach him how not to do it. Anyway, we don't, my wife and I don't have the problem. It's, it's selectively understating... Or drawing our opinions, <clears throat> it's sugarcoating or vouching, or talking about other issues. That's a form of being silent. Just change the subject. It's avoiding, steering completely away from sensitive subjects. We talk without addressing the real issues. See, that's not a godly conversation. We need, to, as Christians, we need to grow up and learn how to address real issues in real conversations without becoming defensive or angry by the grace of God. It's withdrawing. It's pulling out of the conversation altogether. We either exit the conversation or even exit the room. Now, there, there are times where you can agree to pause the conversation. Are you with me? Come on, let's... let's we're going, going deeper here this morning. I don't know if you expected to hear this today. But you know what? When you learn something... Well, at, at 53, I'm learning new things. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, hang on. I'm not a dog... I'm a human. I can learn something new at 53. By the grace of God, I can learn how to stay in the conversation and work things out with my wife. You know what she said to me towards the end of last year? I was actually ministering overseas, and I call her every single day, FaceTime, so we see each other, we're calling every single day. She said, I feel closer to you than in 33 years, just because you're learning how to stay in the conversation. Your marriage can improve. Come on. So all the silent ones, stay in the conversation. Do it with me. Come on. Stay in the conversation. Sometimes we get into stonewalling. (laughs) Some of you have heard of that. In 85% of marriages, it's the husband that does the stonewalling. No more. I refuse to stonewall my wife. I'm not going to lock her out of any part of my life. We're going to keep an open relationship and talk about things. So, Violet Ones, I got something for you. Who are the, who are the more, the, the, like, you'd be, yeah, you go, when a crucial conversation, come put your hand up. Now, some of you haven't put your hand up at all. Like, you're the number fours, the liars, all right? Got you. Who, Sometimes, listen, this is not just a black and white thing. Sometimes we'll swing. Depending on the conversation or the topic, we'll swing from one to the other. So, yeah. But who would tend to be more aggressive or violent when it comes to a crucial conversation, generally speaking? yeah. All right. So i got something for you guys. Are you ready? Come on. Hit your head. Start softly. Do it with me. Say it with me. Start softly. Like you just want to, you know, the, the frontal lobe is in the front of your head. You want to bang your head and say... What are, you th- what are you doing? Because it destroys most conversations when it comes to when you're working with a silent person. You start up here, you start aggressive, they're already out of the pool. So, violent ones, start softly. One more time, come on. Start softly. Okay, here's, the, here's violence it's any verbal strategy that attempts to convince, control, or compel others to your point of view. Ouch. It violates safety by trying to force meaning into the pool. You don't keep meaning and conversation going when you force an opinion into the pool. Its methods are name-calling, monologuing, making threats. It manifests as controlling, labeling, attacking. Controlling is done by forcing your point of view or dominating the conversation. Anyone had one of those? Its methods are cutting others off. Overstating the facts, like it's not really that bad, but you've got to overstate it. Speaking in absolutes, changing subjects, using directive questions to get control of the conversation. Controlling consists of coercing others to your way of thinking, it's putting a label on people. Please don't label each other.
2: <laughs>
1: That's not a godly conversation. We dismiss people under the general category. You're just a truck driver. Or you're just a musician, you know. Uh, violence, the attacking part of it speaks for itself, but includes belittling or threatening. Don't belittle other people. Don't threaten other people. It starts loudly and aggressively. Dr. John Gottman, PhD, research shows that 93%, look at this, 93% of arguments that begin with a harsh start-up end badly with little or no resolution. What does the Bible say? A soft answer turns away wrath. What about this? A soft startup turns away wrath by the grace of God. So, what's, what style are you under stress? <laughs> by the grace of God, we're becoming more like Jesus. There's lots more I can share on here, but I'm just going to jump to this, this one here 1 Corinthians. 13. We often read this at weddings, and it's, it's kind of sad that we only read it at a wedding. Like, we should print this out and put it on our refrigerators, on the back of the toilet door, in the front of our Bible, on the dashboard of the car, and live in the love of God. Let the love of God come out of you, let His love be shed abroad in your heart. Let this be our life. Love suffers long. Come and read it with me. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Like, if you really want to look at how Jesus did crucial conversations, read the red lettering in the Bible. There's a time to be firm. There's a time to stand your ground. But more often than not, you need to actually restore safety to another person or to a group of people to keep the conversation going. All the the silent ones, come on, stay in the conversation. All the aggressive ones, Start softly. Some of you, like, come on, this is Sunday school. Do it with me. Again, I want to see everyone at least do one of these actions. Some of you need to do them both. Yeah? All the silent ones, stay in the conversation. All the violent ones, start softly. And even stay soft by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Conversations that build up. Godly conversations. Conversations that produce life. Every word counts truthful conversations. Speak God's word, and by the grace of God, we have godly, crucial conversations. There's some other points, but I'm just going to skip those, and you can check them another time. A word fitly spoken, Proverbs 25:11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Godly conversations. Can we pray? Would you stand with me? Just stand with me this morning and Need to go to the bathroom, cross your legs, hold on just a second longer. uh, Let's just just take a moment to respond to God's word today because I don't know about you. I feel convicted every time I hear this, I feel challenged to raise the level of conversation into a godly realm and make a difference in our families and our society. It's in your mouth, it's right there, it's in your words. Just put your hands out in front of you like it's an openness and open palms before the Lord this morning as we surrender to God. Father, we just come before you as individuals, as families, and as a church. We ask for your grace and your Holy Spirit to help us because every one of us here, Lord, need help. Lord, we don't need to be silent or violent. We can be like you, Jesus, because Jesus, you live inside of us. The greater one lives in us. Greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. Father, we thank you that we can live in a society and be a light. Our conversation can be a light to the world. We surrender our mouths, our hearts, our minds to you. Father, where, where adrenaline starts to flood our brains, Lord, that we'll begin to understand what that feels like. And Lord, I pray for the fruit of the Spirit to rise above that natural instinct. To want to become either silent or violent. But Lord, we just surrender our hearts and our lives and our families and our relationships to you right now. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. We don't try and do it at our own strength, but Lord, it's in your strength today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. Amen. Do it be doers of the word, have a seat this morning. let me just uh, i 've got some albums to give away if that 's okay uh, before you hand back to you, Pastor Garen. I always like to give some music away. Music is uh, a big part of our life and our society and and uh, I've got a, I enjoy a variety of styles I, did, I learned classical music for seven years and uh, studied some jazz and then enjoy all the contemporary styles that are going on. I've got an album here for you. This is our latest album called Worship Encounter with some audio samples for you. Um, it, if you want an album to like, put on first thing in the morning and wake up and, and you know, you drive to work and, and, and up-tempo, this is the one for you. Who would like a free copy of this one here this morning? Right on the back, bro. Come on, come on, get it. In fact, you can come and help me hand some more out. You can be, you keep that one, put it in your back pocket. <laughs> then we've got, uh, I've got an album here of the harp. It's it's uh, 64 minutes of just beautiful harp worship. And uh, with some vocal, with some singing on it. Uh, and this is $5. Like, everyone can afford one of these. Like, come on, 5 bucks. 5 uh, who would like a free, even free one today? Give that away to someone who would like a, you think they would enjoy the harp. The harp has really healing properties. And I'll tell you what, the amount of testimonies we get of people being restored, listen to the harp. Just like when David played before Saul, the same anointing is flowing through the harp. Um, I've, got, uh, I've got an album here with the flute, the Native American flute, Highland call. Great worship, you'll enjoy that. And I know that I know you ladies like a deal, like a special. If you buy two, you get you get one for free. So of all the CDs down there, buy any two, get a third one for free in the music CDs. Uh, there's we'll get some more here. Smooth jazz. Everyone say smooth jazz. Uh, we're gonna sample here. Like good dinner music. Like who, who would like some really cool? Yeah, crank it up there, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Just, We've got another one here called Space and Time, and it's a relaxation album, and I recommend it for stressed-out people. Who would be the most stressed-out person in the church? And and happy about it, too. Like, Give give it away to someone who you think can really benefit from a relaxation. I've got an album here called Piano Worship, um Again, five bucks. 7four five, 70, minutes of just beautiful piano. piano romance. Yeah, you need some more of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the album. you put a sit in the back porch with a cup of tea and whole pinkies and yeah. This, the sermon, the full version of the sermon this morning is available, Godly Conversations. If you know someone's not here today, and you can pass it on to them, pick up a copy for them. And the other one I was talking about, 10 Proven Ways to Overcome Depression. It's actually part two of the sermon, Godly Mindsets and, and the, the Spirit of God Working in Our Minds. Uh, that comes with a set of notes and recommendations for uh, uh, people. Does anyone here want to learn the piano? Like, this is a good decade to learn the piano. You want to learn the piano? Yeah. That's great. So, seven lessons on how to play the piano. I did seven years classical training on the piano, and I still couldn't play in church. So, what we've done is put that into lessons to teach you how to take music, the basics of music, and how to actually play the keyboard in church. We need more keyboard players in church. And if I give it to you, you promise that you'll use it? So that the next time I see you, you'll be... seven lessons you got about 12 months you know like and, and we got what we call the growth pack, which is a USB with everything that's on the resource table. That's the whole lot. If you took everything that's on the resource table, there's about $780 worth of stuff. Uh, that's on one USB for 245. If you wanna get into growing, teaching, music, preaching, training, all the instruments that we teach, the, the harp, the Native American flute, the Irish whistle, all those are videos on there teaching you how to do them. That's like the mega, ultra mega growth pack. Pastor Garen, what a privilege it is to be here today. I've done enough talking. It's just great to be with you and will believe for transformation in this society of Batemans Bay. Bless you.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, mate. Very cool, yeah? What a good morning. Where, where are you going, Andrew? We haven't finished yet, if you don't mind. Have a sip of water and stay here. Stay in the conversation. We're going to sing a song together. We're going to worship God one last time before we go and have a cup of coffee. It's to a song called "To My Knees." Uh, I'm going to invite Andrew. You might um, might um, play a flute in this. That'd be great. What key? Are we, in? we can give see yeah, C. Oh, that's the exhaust fan. We just need to worship over the top of the exhaust fan. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, switch off to that noise and just... Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you've been here with us this whole time. And even this morning on our way here, you've been preparing our hearts to meet with you. Lord, we want to be the best people we can be. We want to learn the most we can. So we want to reflect the love that you pour out to us. Take this song and be blessed by it, God. Come on, let's sing together.
2: In the Savior's love I find joy beyond compare Endless peace God all of me, when you breathe it, you turn winter into spring, grace dissolves every fear